abiding in Christ, abiding in His pleasure or joy. All right, John 15, we'll read verses 1 through 11, and uh, then we'll look at a few things this morning. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man uh, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together with the people of God and to, uh, Lord, hear from you, Lord, in your word. And I pray that you meet with us during the Sunday school hour, that you would just touch hearts and do a work in each and every life here today. And Father, we ask that you would be glorified in all of it. Help us, Lord, to honor you. And Lord, we pray for those that may be struggling. Lord, help us to be a blessing and minister to them. Bless now as we look at your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. In John 15, and Jesus is here talking to his disciples, and he shares his desire that they would abide in him and bear much fruit. And we've talked a little bit over the last few weeks that that's God's desire for you. Uh, that you would abide with him and that you would bear fruit. And, uh, and we talked a little bit about chapter 14 and, and leading into chapter 15 and some of the things that were taking place here. And, um, and so the Lord had shared some very serious things with the disciples, uh, talking about he's going away. And, and of course, we know he mentioned he's going to send the comforter and those things. And, uh, but Jesus was preparing uh, them for his journey to Calvary. And just were uh, just getting them prepared uh, for what's coming, and he shared uh, <clears throat> his burden with them. And uh, you could almost sense the responsibility here that the disciples must have felt uh, as Jesus communicated his coming death. Um, I, I know that would be concerning for me if I had. You know, I mean, these men left everything and followed, and now the man that they uh, have. Uh, done that for us, said, I'm leaving and you're not coming with me and, and uh, I'm going to be killed and, and it would be a very concerning time. Uh, and so <clears throat> he'd been telling them uh, things were, were very serious and he wanted them to have abundant joy. And he says, all these things have I spoken unto you that your, my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. The Christian who abides in Christ will abide in his pleasure and will have abundant joy. Um, The interesting thing about that is Scripture tells us that's the case. And oftentimes we look at Christians and there's no signs of joy in their life. 
sometimes it's hard to get you guys to smile in Sunday school. Um, and it just seems like life is such a burden, and, and, and it's almost like nothing good is happening in life. And um, I was having a conversation with Cindy and then a little bit yesterday with Pastor, and uh, sometimes we can focus on all the negative things. Well, this isn't going well, that's not going well, this person treated me this way, this person treated me that way, and just nothing's good. And, but if you would just stop, and, and the song that we sang, The Windows of Heaven Are Open... The blessings are falling. We're just not paying attention and, and, and focusing on those things that God is really doing. And um, <clears throat> he wants us to have a full joy. The world bases joy on circumstances or in circumstances. And uh, uh, if things are favorable to you, then you got joy. That's what the world looks as joy. Uh, things are just going the way I want them to go, so I'm happy, I'm good, I'm full of joy, I'm excited. Merriam-Webster says this, The emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. Or by the prospect of possessing one desires. So if you're sick, you don't have joy. If you have a diagnosis that was unfavorable, all of a sudden, we don't have joy. That's the world's definition of joy. Um, Cambridge says a person or thing that causes happiness. It's all about the circumstances and what's taking place. But the biblical definition of joy says that joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who or what we are, the hap- what's happening around us. It's about Christ. Jesus is is the focus of it. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit abiding in God's presence and hope from His Word. You might say that, that joy is fellowship with the Lord, obedience to His Word, and understanding the future that God has ordained for us. It's not focusing on the circumstances. Uh, it's a faith in God and His Word. I don't, let me not get ahead of myself here. I, I want to skip to the end of this. But um, Christianity will not be a duty, but a delight. Verse 10, it says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And even as, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Yes, he has given us a Bible full of commandments. But not that our lives will be drudgery. He gave us these commandments so that our joy will be full. And we've talked a little bit about that. If we go against God and His Word, we're going against the Creator. He created this. And so if we do it, if we attempt to do it any way other than what God has intended, it doesn't work. So if you seek for joy in any other way than God has designed, you're not going to find it. Uh, you're going to find uh, depression and bondage because you're just seeking after those things that are pleasing the flesh. And so this morning, let's look at the condition for joy. The Bible says here in verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you. And this is a recurring theme over the last several weeks. We see that if you are going to have joy as God's child, you must listen to the Word of God. You have to be attentive to what God has given us in His Word. 
Jesus speaks words of joy in this passage. He expects us to hear and to receive that. Do you believe it this morning? If we do not listen to the words of the Lord, uh, we cannot experience true joy in the Christian life. And I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that aren't experiencing true joy because they're not listening to the Word of God. Uh, They're seeking joy in other places. Charles Spurgeon said this, His object was not only that he would know the truth, but that he would have joy in the truth. Jesus does not want us to come to church to gather intellectual knowledge, just to get information. He wants us to have joy in our hearts because of the truths that we've learned and applied in our life. That's where this abundant life comes from. That's where this uh, fullness of joy uh, comes from. It's, it's, about out of, it's by doing things God's way. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth of the word of God brings freedom and joy into the heart of a Christian. When we begin making application... Uh, I have no doubt that God speaks to us through His Word. God said that He would. I've experienced it personally. Uh, God is speaking to us through His Word. Uh, It's not a matter of, is God still speaking? It's, are we listening? Are we listening? The truth of the Word of God brings the freedom if we would just listen and do it and apply it and And are you listening this morning? Listen, sometimes we listen to everything but the words of Christ. The world's speaking to us through the media. People speak to us uh, through our conversations and personal experiences as we go about this life. To whom will you listen? Uh, If you missed the youth uh, rally yesterday, I encourage you... I believe those are going to be made uh, available online uh, this coming week. But Brother Woodcock shared two amazing messages. And, and listen, the world's trying to de- beguile us and to deceive us. Uh, who are you listening to? Who are you attentive to? If you are depending on people or circumstances for your joy, then you have not learned the truth of abiding in His pleasure. And it's so interesting, sometimes it's a youth rally and so people don't show up, but it's the word of God being preached and it's applicable to all ages. Uh, and the reality is if we could just get a hold of it as we're, when we're young, we would be so much better off when we get older. But uh, abiding in his pleasure begins when we listen to the words of Christ. And when I say listen to them, I, I mean we're making application of those things. We're not hearers only, but doers. Uh, and we can begin to experience Christ. We need Jesus seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And, and we're not always good at that. We crowd our lives out with so much. Well, so we must hear the word of God. The condition for joy begins with hearing, believing, and obeying the words of Christ. Not just being puffed up with knowledge. So we must act upon what Jesus is saying and apply what Jesus is saying. Take action. Uh, and do those things. The question is not, do you believe Philippians 4.4 4, when it says rejoice in the Lord always? But are you rejoicing? Or are you making the decision to rejoice? Will you rejoice in the Lord? He's given us so much to joy and rejoice in. Uh, the matter is, we just we don't do those things. We must respond to the Word of God. God is a sovereign. He knows every decision that we're going to make before we make it. 
he understands those things. But we need to realize that God has given us a free will. We choose whether or not we want joy when we choose to listen to his words. It's a choice. We have to be obedient and choose those things. And, and if you're not choosing the word of God and in obedience to the word of God, you're not going to experience joy. But in the Christian life, that's what we want. And we, we say we're going we're gonna to have joy. And, and listen, church attendance is going to bring you joy. I know I've been in church for 30 years or more now. And, and I found that that's not where my joy is from. Church attendance, not, or uh, joy is not going to be found in a relationship outside of Christ. Whether that's a husband and a wife. And those, now listen, those things are good, and those things are, uh, are, are uh, they do bring us joy at times or happiness at times, but, but joy comes when we respond in obedience to God's Word. And, and the reality is all of those relationships we have and those other circumstances in life, they bring us joy if we're doing them according to how God is designed. And that's where the joy comes. God's Word is clear. You need to make a decision. Are you going to be joyful by being obedient to his word? Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, read this. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk here is saying that he didn't care if he lost all of his money, he lost all of his wealth and all of those material possessions that he had. Uh, if the crops were failing, if things were good, he was still going to be determined to rejoice in God and the joy of his salvation. That's what joy is. It's not setting our affections on those things on this earth. It's joying in what God has done and what, uh, what he is doing. The word joy is mentioned 19 times in the book of uh, Philippians and yet is written to people who are suffering. Some of us go through some deep waters. Illness, difficulties in life, family challenges. But I would say that the Christians of the first century had it a little worse than us. When you look historically, probably all of us, definitely most of us. And they were rejoicing, enjoying, and the Apostle Paul just encouraging them to continue. Uh, they were enjoying those things. You cannot depend on your circumstances. You can't depend on your job. Your joy doesn't come just because you haven't been fired. Uh, your health, your friends, or even the church. If those are the focus of your joy, you will not be a joyful Christian. But I'm afraid in, in modern Christianity and, and in the majority of our Christian lives, that's where we have our focus. And so when those things aren't where we think they should be, they're not in favor to us, all of a sudden we're not happy. We're not, we're not joying in these things. It's just a job. but we put so much focus on that in, in our paycheck and in, in how we're surviving. Uh, listen, you're not going to have joy because you bought a new truck. 
I wish that was the case. You must decide now that you're going to find joy in the Word of God that never changes. Find it in Christ. The Word, or the conditions for joy are quite simple. Hear God's Word, believe it, and obey it. It's your choice. You have a decision to make. Do you want to be joyful? Uh, the constancy of joy. Philippians 2.5 says this, Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Uh, when we have the mind of Christ through the Word of God, we can have joy in our lives. When we are abiding in Him daily, uh, fear really tends to fade away. When you begin abiding in Him and, and all those things that we concern ourselves with and we get worked up, and, and, but when we're abiding in Christ and we're in His Word and we have that relationship and we're fellowshipping with our, our Savior, uh, a lot of those concerns that we tend to focus on kind of fade away into the background. They become a lot less significant because we're more focused on our Savior and our God and eternal things. <clears throat> oh boy. James 1 a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. His joy remains as we focus on his word. It's because when we become double minded. And we begin focusing on other things. One of the reasons Christians struggle with consistent joy is they're double-minded. And they lack stability. Up one day, down the next. The roller coaster, they say. Things are good, things are bad. Things are good, things are bad. It's exciting, it's bad. But, uh, our highs and lows are varied. I mean, that's, that's life. But it shouldn't dictate our joy. Rather than anchoring our hearts... To truth and letting God's word give us stability, we let our emotions dictate our attitude towards spiritual things. Well, I'm going to be faithful to church because things are going good right now. God's blessing, things are exciting. You know, praise the Lord, I'm in church. Well, when those circumstances change, God hasn't changed. God's still good. The focus of your happiness or joy was on those things, not the Lord. And so now you're discouraged and you're downtrodden because your focus wasn't Christ. Your focus wasn't your relationship with God and abiding in Him. Listen, His joys prevail over heartache. You know, there's not a supply shortage of joy. God doesn't have a limited quantity that He can only give to certain people at certain times based on their circumstances. That's not how it works. It's available to all to have full joy all the time. We have all the joy we could ever want, and it's free. The problem is we forget to align ourselves with God's Word, and we don't experience that joy. There are times we need to pull up and say, Lord, if there is any sin blocking your, way, your joy, remove it. Sometimes we just need to be honest and deal with the things that God's wanting us to deal with. You may not be experiencing joy because there's sin in your life. And you haven't aligned yourself with the Word of God. Do you want your tank to be full? You need to put your life in a position to receive the joy. By aligning yourself with the Word of God... It says that my joy might remain in you. 
His joy can prevail over any heartache on the earth because his joy is based on the resurrection. His joy is based on those things to come. Uh, I think the greatest illustration of this is Hebrews 12 too. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And look what it says. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. Circumstances are not always favorable. Uh, while hanging on the cross, Jesus probably suffered the most excruciating pain a man could ever be suffered. He suffered because he loves you. Uh, the Bible tells us he despised the shame, yet he was able to endure the cross. How so? He looked forward to the joy that was set before him. The circumstances weren't dictating the joy in his life. It was those things to come. He focused on the empty tomb. He focused on sitting on the right hand of the throne of the Heavenly Father. He focused on the millions of people would, that would be forgiven of their sins and spending eternity with Him. And again, that goes back to, it just amazes me that our God wants our fellowship. And though the, the love he had for us, for you, the joy that that brought was what helped him endure the cross, allowed him to endure that. That relationship he desired to have with you, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Let the joy of the Bible sink into your heart. It doesn't matter the trial you're experiencing, it doesn't matter the burden you are bearing. Joy has been set before you and you can endure. What are you focusing on? We are joint heirs. We have this inheritance. And we get grumbling and we get whining and we get complaining, but when it's all said and done, and it, uh, whether we, we die and, and to be absent with the body is present with the Lord or maybe the Lord returns, and at, at that time... I don't think any of the concerns that we have today that bog us down and rob us of our joy, we're going to be concerned with. They're going to be insignificant and they're not going to matter. And I think we're going to find how foolish we were to wrap ourselves up and make ourselves sick. Literally, people make themselves sick because they're so concerned about things that, uh, that they can't control. Listen, today maybe you have a child that's uh, following a path that you fear. Maybe your home is splintered. Maybe you get ice in the pit of your stomach every time you open the mailbox because there's going to be another bill there. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your situation is, there is joy for you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You may experience the darkest night of your life. Your strength may be faint and your hope dim, but hold on. But hold on, the dawn is coming. And those things that are to come are, are far greater than anything that we've experienced this far. Yeah. And the promises of God that we will experience uh, in eternity will be greater than anything. And, and so just hold on. With each day brings a new beginning, His joy is always available. There are difficult days. There are challenging days. But you still can have joy in your life because you know that you're on the winning side. You have Christ, and uh, His joy is complete. Everyone wants to be full. 
When you leave a restaurant or a gas station, you don't want to leave half empty. Especially at the gas station these days. We went to uh, the ranch the other day, pizza ranch. If you leave there half empty, you've done something wrong. I mean, they got fried chicken and pizza. There's a salad bar for people that, I don't know. Um, I did not leave that place half empty. We went with the Sandersons and, and had a good time. But um, it's the same with the Christian life. Do you want a half empty Christian life? Half full of joy, half? That's not the life that Christ describes. The abundant life, the life that's full of joy. He wants you to be filled with joy that when the devil brings his plate of temptation your way, you can say, no way. I'm full of the love of God and the teaching of his word. There's nothing that appeals uh, when you're tempted. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The pleasure of an abiding relationship with Christ is unlike anything the world has to offer. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the passage. The pleasures of sin for what? A season. We're talking about eternal joy here. The world offers amusement parks and ball games that give us temporary satisfaction. And I looked at the the news this morning. And anybody a Tennessee Vol fan? They beat Alabama. Last second field goal, beat them. And the, and, and the, the article said that the Tennessee fans were full of joy. Their joy was based on the circumstances of Tennessee winning that game in the last second. And they hadn't, won, they hadn't beat Alabama since, I think, 1998. It was 20 years or something like that, over 20 years. And, and they, so much so that they took the goalpost and threw it in the Tennessee River. But... Um, but listen, they were, the, the news said they were full of joy because it was based on the circumstances of that moment. But in two weeks, they played Georgia, ranked number one. I wonder how the fans will be after that game. I don't know. They'll beat them too? Is that what you said? Yeah? I don't know about that, brother. Listen, the world has a lot to offer. I'll never forget, I'm a Seahawk fan um, from Washington, and, and uh, I remember in 06, I was in Iraq, and that was the first time the Seattle Seahawks went to the Super Bowl ever, and they lost to the Steelers. It was so disappointing. And then I think it was in 2014, uh, they went to the Super Bowl again, and, and of course they won that year, and, and, but the next year they, were, they returned to the Super Bowl. And everybody knows the famous play. I, why would you pass it when you have Marshawn Lynch as you're running back on the goal line? It, it didn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, the, the pass is intercepted. Boom, they lose the game. I was devastated. And, I, and it's kind of embarrassing to say because I, I was more excited about, I was just excited about that football game. And I thought, we're going to win this thing. Here we are. And then it was over and done. And I'll never forget the disappointment I felt. And guess what? The season's over. It's the Super Bowl. There's nothing left. So you got to wait till August, till preseason. Listen, the world has nothing to offer. 
don't distract yourself with the things of this world. If you're focusing on what this life has to offer, you're going to be a miserable Christian. Psalm 1611, this is my life verse. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You're not going to find anything like what God has to offer us in Christ anywhere. It's not there. It doesn't exist. But unfortunately, even as believers, we oftentimes put our focus where it ought not be. And we live a life of defeat and depression and frustration. And oftentimes we accuse God of, well, what's going on in my life here? But it's because your focus is on the wrong thing. And you have a weak, ineffective Christian life. Your, your testimony is poor. Nobody wants to... <laughs> I get it, right? Sometimes the boss is frustrating, but nobody wants to go to church with you if you're the, the Debbie Downer of the office. It's hard to invite folks to, to church if you're just the bummer to be around at work. Let alone if you're just a jerk and rude about your salvation. Listen, if, if you're not focused on the right things, it affects your Christian life and it affects your ability to be a witness for Him. <clears throat> One day a, a Russian countess accepted Christ as her Savior. She was joyful and she began to openly testify that she was a Christian. When the Tsar found out, he was displeased and he threw her in prison. And the next day, uh, he called for her. After she had spent 24 hours in, in real, I don't know if you've ever seen anything about the Russian prisons. They're not pleasant. Uh, this is, I, I don't know what time frame. I think it was early 1900s. So uh, you could probably imagine how miserable it would have been there. Uh, but he sent for her and brought her. Uh, and so they brought her before him, and, and uh, as she approached, he sarcastically said, So are you ready to renounce your silly faith in Christ and come back to the pleasures of the court? The countess smiled and said, One day in prison with Jesus has brought me more real joy and real happiness than I ever knew during my lifetime in the courts of the Tsar. She learned what true joy was. It's not all about the riches and the fame and the blessings that this life has to offer. It's about being obedient to God. And listen, it's about the relationship with Him. He desires to commune with you. And you just need to align yourself with Him and experience those blessings. When you're in the presence of the Lord gathered around His Word, there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. I can't tell you the number of times in life I've had this. My dad, he's sick. It's a bummer. But I'm still joyful. He's got a profession of faith. What more could I ask for for my dad? Ten more years? Seeing him once or twice a year? Because we live so far apart? No. What good is that? The reality, it's about eternal things that are important. Can those things be a burden on our heart? Absolutely. And so we take them to the Lord and He gives us peace and joy in all those circumstances, even though they're not favorable, even though it's not what we want. And, and listen, things can be hard, but, but God is there. Are you happy in the Lord? 
Is the joy of the Lord your strength or have you been sitting at Satan's dining table? Feasting on the filth that the world and, and the devil have to offer. Are you filled with the world's cares and philosophies? Listen, if you're watching the news, you're going to be miserable. Just turn to the back of the book and, and see who's winning this thing. You cannot be filled with the joy of the Lord if you're filled with those kind of things. If those are your focus, if those are what you're filling yourself up on. Is the Christian life a pleasure to you? If you're not experiencing the joy, choose today to begin abiding in Christ. Begin aligning yourself with the Word of God. When you are abiding in Him, remaining in Him, and living out His Word, you can experience full and abundant joy. But you must align yourself with God and His Word. When Jesus invites you to abide in Him, He invites you to a relationship of delight, not a system of duty. It's not about do this, don't do that. It's delightful. And once you begin experiencing it, you'll understand that. He really wants us to have great pleasure in rejoicing in our lives in spite of life's hardships and unpredictable circumstances. He, he can provide that. The happiness the world has to offer is fleeting and it's temporary, but the joy of Jesus Christ is abundant and eternal. It's eternal. He desires to fill you with his joy if you will abide in him, abide in his word, and obey his commands. So my question this morning to you is, are you being obedient to the word of God? If you feel like you lack joy in your life, I challenge you to examine yourself and whether you're aligning yourself with God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your word and Lord, we pray for the service to follow. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to have Brother Woodcock here. And we just ask that you would fill him with the Spirit. Lord, we pray that the Word of God would go forth with liberty. And Lord, we just pray that you meet with us today. And Lord, we ask that the singing and the music would be glorifying to you, Lord. And as we worship you this morning, we just pray that you would meet with us. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that may not know Christ. Lord, I pray that you would work in their life, that they would be saved. And Lord, for the believer today, I pray you challenge them. Lord, convict them where needed. And I pray, Lord, that we would align ourselves with you and your word, that we might experience the joy that you've told us we can. And I pray, Lord, that you bless today. Help us to honor you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen.